Welcome back to the Vine Church podcast. Today, we will be continuing our devotional series, The Gospel According to Zechariah. If you haven't already, you can find us on YouTube at the Vine Church Heart, and we'd love to have you join us over there. Good morning to you. Hi there. So we're continuing our um, studies in Zechariah, the uh, second to last book of the Old Testament, and um, actually a major minor prophet um, with a major theme, uh, which we're going to explore a little bit more this morning. So today we're in uh, Zechariah chapter one and starting in verse um, 12, although the vision starts in verse eight. And I'm not going to read it to you uh, right now, but uh, we'll come to it in a minute. But first of all, let me just remind you of the situation that we're in right now. So the date is 520 BC. The situation is that the remnant of Israel have returned back from Babylon uh, and returned back to Jerusalem to after 70 years of exile. The task is to rebuild to rebuild the temple and then the city of Jerusalem. The challenge is that uh, there was no money. Uh, there was no grant forthcoming from um, the uh, Persians. The Persians had kind of said there'd be a grant of money and it, it, it had not materialised. And so they didn't have the, the finances that they were hoping to have. There was local opposition from the Samaritans. Uh, and so they were uh, delayed and frustrated in their task. The mood, therefore, was one of despondency and discouragement. I don't know if you've ever felt like that, but there's always reasons, aren't there, why we can feel despondent and discouraged. Things can come upon us. There can be tiredness. There can be discouragement, terrible things happening in the world. Uh, lack of progress in our own lives or in the church or in work or whatever. And that's how these people were feeling. And into that scene, and the old man Haggai turns up in August 520 and he starts to preach to them and he gives four sermons and he says, it's time to build the house of God. And God is with you as you do that. A couple of months after Haggai started in October time, um, the young man, Zechariah, turns up working alongside in tandem with the old man, Haggai. Zechariah comes and he is commissioned by God to also encourage and, en and enable the people to go about the task of building the temple. And whilst Haggai is kind of a straight laced preacher who uh, focuses on building the temple, Zechariah is much more of an artist and a visionary who uh, kind of uh, more splashes colour all over the canvas. And um, it's kind of like the interior designer who's putting all the colour inside the building if you like. And his focus is on the people being built up as well as on the temple being built. And really, Zechariah is all flashes of colour and vibrant visions. 
and his style of writing is apocalyptic, which means that it's kind of revealing through pictures what's really going on behind the scenes. There's a kind of unveiling behind what you can see. This is what's happening in the unseen realm, in the spiritual realm. This is what God is doing. And uh, this can help you to understand the world that you're living in and the situation that you are in. We need to be awake, don't we, to what God is doing behind the scenes of world events and of our lives. What is God actually doing in those situations? And so Zachariah is wakened one night and has eight visions in one night night after the uh, hour after hour kept getting wakened up by God and given another vision and he has eight visions and today we see the first vision that he is given I spoke about it last Thursday and I want to pick up on it today in verse 14 we kind of read that this is almost Zachariah's commissioning vision it's where he is ordained for ministry, if you like, because in verse 14, the angel says to him, proclaim this word. This is what the Lord Almighty says. I am very jealous for Jerusalem and Zion. God is jealous for his people. And so he says to Zechariah, I want you to cry out or to proclaim. I am zealous. I am jealous for my people. So it's kind of this is his message from now on. He has to cry this out. He has to cry out kind and comforting words, as it says a little bit earlier on. His message of one is one of comfort and kindness and encouragement to a discouraged people. God is jealous for his people and for Jerusalem. Now, the word jealous there has an Aramaic root and the root there refers to the changing of color of something something changing color when it is dyed so something that goes a deep red when it is dyed and the word jealous uh, it, it kind of has that connotation to it something that changes color and it kind of came to be understood as the idea that you know when you have a deep emotion your face changes color so when you're embarrassed, your face changes color. When you're angry, your face changes color. Uh, when you're full of love or whatever, your face can change color. And that's what it's it's that's the picture. God is jealous for his people. He is deeply moved for his people. God is deeply moved about the situations in the world. God cares about the world. He cares about his people. He is jealous for his people. He, with a deep um, uh, uh, anger as well, it tells us in verse 15 that God was angry with the nations. He was angry. He was a little bit angry with them, but now he's very angry with them because they've gone too far. Initially, they were used to discipline God's people, but they went far too far. And they they've. And so God is very angry with the nations. And so he promises in verse 16, I will return to Jerusalem with mercy and my house will be rebuilt. God is promising he will return and he will rebuild the house. In fact, 
there's a per prophetic presence in that phrase, I will return, which is that effectively God has already returned. He has returned. It's almost as if it's already happened. In his mind, he's already done it. He has already returned to Jerusalem and therefore it will be rebuilt. How is this possible? How do we know this? And the answer I want to give you is that Jesus is praying. Jesus prays for the people. And where I get that from is the picture in verse eight onwards. Remember the picture, refer to Thursday, of a deep ravine and um, it sort of depicts darkness and, de and depth of despair for people. They're in this deep ravine. There's these myrtle trees. Uh, and then there are two angels. There's an interpreting angel that interprets everything to Zechariah. And then there's this other angel, this angel of the Lord, this messenger of the Lord, who has divine powers and divine prerogatives and is understood by almost all the commentators and all the sermons I've listened to as a pre-incarnate um, uh, pre-incarnate second person of the trinity this is jesus standing there on a red horse and he is there in the darkness with the people and he sends out messengers uh, on their on their fast horses around the world these horses come back and report to the man on the on the red horse and they report that all the world is at peace and at rest and so there's this kind of worldly uh, complacency. The earth is settled in a selfish um, inactivity, in a prosperous ease. The world is all at ease. Haggai is going to say that that's not going to last forever. Shortly, the world is going to be shaken. Once more, God is going to shake the world and the desire of the nations will come. There's going to be a shaking. But right now it's at ease. But God says Actually, Jesus then says, this man says, how long, how long, O Lord, will you be angry with your people after 70 years? What we have here is this, this messenger of God interceding with God, saying, how long will you not return now? The time is up now for you to come back and return. And I understand this as a picture of and a reality of Jesus standing there with his people in their darkness, but interceding for his people to God and saying, how long, oh God, it's time for you to have mercy. And God replies and says, yes, it is time. I hear you and I am returning. I have returned. I will re rebuild. You will get there in four years time. The temple will get rebuilt. It's going to take four years. But as far as God's concerned, it's a done deal and we're told in hebrews that jesus is able to save completely those who call out to him because he always intercedes for us jesus is interceding for you today he's interceding for his church he's interceding for his church in india and he will comfort zion and he will bring peace to his people and the blood of uh, jesus was slain before the creation of the world. There's a sense in which because of what he did on the cross, it is guaranteed that God's people will ultimately prosper and know his blessing and he will build his church. Whatever happens, however dark and discouraging it is, God will build his church. Jesus is interceding for us. 
And so let us pray together as we finish. Lord, we thank you for these incredible pictures that we get here in Zechariah. We thank you that uh, we know that you are with us in the ravine, in the dark valley. You are there with us and you speak kind and comforting words to us and you intercede for us. And thank you, Lord, that you turn in mercy towards us. And we ask you to do that. We ask you to do that in India at this time. Have mercy upon people and upon your church. Lord, have mercy on us. Enable us to do the task that you've called us to do. Help us today to be energised with whatever you've called us to do. Lord, we pray that you build the church in Odium and Fleet and Heart District, that you would give us the resources we need to get the job done. Oh God, despite delays, that we would nevertheless see you building up Jerusalem. We ask for this in Jesus' name. Amen.